Hello and welcome back to the Ebb and Flow podcast with Solomon Ezra Berezin. In this new season, we are focusing on holistic wellness and Hasidic Jewish wisdom so we can each thrive in body, mind, and soul. If you're new to this show or if you haven't seen it yet, a good place to start is the recent YouTube video or podcast trailer entitled Ebb and Flow, Holistic Hasidic Health. In that video or audio, you will hear all about this new season, who is it for, my newsletter that comes out every Friday, and coaching services. Jackie Glazer, my guest today, has over 20 years of experience from psychology, leadership development, Jewish spirituality, meditation, hypnosis, somatic psychotherapy, and bodywork, and her passion is to empower people to create a deep satisfaction and fulfill their mission in this world in a safe and non-judgeable environment. In the past, she has worked for the Today Show in Australia, and in addition to her coaching, she currently works as the Director of Leadership Development for Olami, a global nonprofit organization. On her website, she has she expresses who she is and how she defines herself internally rather than externally, which I recommend checking out on her About Me page. You can check out more about Jackie on her website, Jackie Glazer, G-L-A-S-E-R.com, and on social media at Jackie Glazer Official. Please leave a review about the show and today's guest on Apple Podcasts and head over to SolomonEzra.com or follow me on Instagram at King underscore Solomon 8 and Facebook Solomon Ezra Berezin to learn more. Make sure to do something actionable with your learnings today and be sure to let us know via message or social media. Now onto the show with Jackie Glazer. To, to start and so uh, the listeners can get a more of an idea of, of the awesome individual I'm speaking with today. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, your background, what led, um, what led to all the different coaching and then um, um, education. And because our first interaction was through Olami and through um, I'd, got, I'd gotten big into meditation and wanted to learn a lot about the Jewish uh, source of it. And that's how I got connected with uh, and took your Jewish meditation course or through mm-hmm. Olami. Um, but I'd love to just start there. Let's, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit more about Jackie. Yeah. So I have a bit of a crazy journey. If you ever told me that this is what my journey would have been, you know, 20 years ago, I would have thought you were absolutely mad. And, you know, I was happy as a, as, as anyone is, you know, in their life. And I was, my career was doing really well. I was a psychologist in Sydney, Australia and grew up there. My father was a Holocaust survivor. So we went as far away from pretty much anything Jewish as you can imagine to be safe. Uh, So the kangaroos were safe, you know, jumping around Sydney, really nice, really beautiful place, you know, very small Jewish community. And, uh, and everything was great. So I thought, right, meaning I was ignoring this core part of me, which was that I was Jewish. And that's part of my main, main identity. I had no clue what it meant to be Jewish. So I was doing the Today Show, which is the same as American Today Show. We copy you with everything pretty much. And, um, and I was the resident psychologist on the show, which was great. It was really exciting. And all of a sudden, we had a nudgy relative who's, who really nudged us to go to Israel. Like, go, you know, you always have one in the family. Go to Israel. Go to Israel. Like, wants you to do stuff. And she was very um, culturally Jewish, passionately. But I was so disconnected. I had no interest. And I was stubborn. And I did not go to Israel. And um, my brother was weak and he gave in and he went to Israel and had a great time in Israel. And he started exploring his, his roots, his heritage, his, his Judaism, started getting into it, started to observe more. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's going off the deep end. Like I have to stop this. You know, I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was talking about, but I just knew that whatever he was doing, it was pretty extreme. He wouldn't eat out at restaurants with me, wouldn't answer his phone on a Friday night you know, and I, and I thought that was pretty extreme, but I really had no idea what I was talking about. So eventually I went to Israel to try to rescue him and to also, if I'm really honest, it was really also to explore my own heritage. I knew I was ignorant and I knew that, that when you reject a part of yourself internally, or you just don't know about it and you don't embrace it, you're limited. You're very, very limited. And so I knew I really did want to know what I was talking about with regards to Judaism. And so that was really also what inspired me to go. And he was the impetus. And I got there and fell in love, fell in love with Judaism, like fell in love. I couldn't believe that many of the sources that I had ever learned in psychology were actually in the Torah. Like I I was blown away that how is this the biggest kept secret 
that the sources of psychology, meditation, I was doing a lot of meditation already by that point. I was meditating every day for about seven years before I went to Israel. I did some intense meditation retreats where you don't speak and crazy stuff. And, um, and then I found this rich, deep, beautiful, wise spirituality in Judaism in Israel and, and just said, oh my gosh, I'm 30 years old by now. I have to stay here and really build my understanding of what this mm -hmm. is because this is like the mothership and everything kind of pulled out of Torah you know everything that I was relating to and resonating with in my own life I found all these sources in Torah so I ended up staying in Israel for eight years which was not the wow. plan and I ended up just doing like six months of learning and six months more of learning and six and I just loved it so much I couldn't leave and I had moments of panic and freak out like what are you doing I walked off the Today Show they thought I'm crazy what are you doing <laughs> And I really had this deep knowing and deep belief. And I don't know where I got it from because I don't have it about yeah. everything now. But I really had a deep belief that when you do something for the right reason, for a higher purpose, it only comes back as blessing. You never lose out. So mm. even though it looks crazy, I'm walking out of a peaking career. I knew that career could start in other ways, in other places. God has a plan. And I really believed that. And that's what ended up happening. But um, I ended up staying there for eight years, learning in a school there, and then ended up being thrown into the deep end and started teaching, which I didn't plan. Wow. And I was teaching on faculty at the school that I was had had been learning at. It was and, like a seminary or, uh, or like a yeah, yeah, Nevei Yerushalayim. And then I got asked to come out to America, to New York, to be sponsored on a green card to do Jewish programming, outreach, counseling, wow. running programs, teaching, all that. So my whole career took off in a different direction within the Jewish world, which was such an honor and privilege. And that's when I joined Olami, which is the organization, you know, which is a big umbrella organization that really supports and funds 320 other organizations around the world. Wow. So if you've ever done a trip with either that's not Chabad and not Hillel, it's, it's Olami, right? So there's the three major, major organizations. And I was with them for eight years. No, sorry. I was with them for 12 years. Were you, keep, were you keeping up with uh, the, your meditations, like when you'd gone to Israel? No. So I sort of dropped away from that as I started absorbing myself into Judaism because I felt like it was just a different focus. And now I went back to integrate it all. Actually, COVID really it was the impetus to, to integrate it. And I saw how it works beautifully together. Meditation helps mm -hmm. you become a very deep vessel in yourself. And mm -hmm. then you use that vessel to connect to a higher power or yeah. to other people. And they develop different things. Prayer develops different things, although prayer is, is a type of meditation. Yeah. It's a repetitive meditation, but it is about connecting with God. And sometimes meditation is more about connecting with you, although you can also use it to connect to God, right? You can do his well, photo. Because, because God, is, God is within you. Exactly. So you can use it either way. Yeah. But they have different, they're slightly different. They're not identical. Yeah. You know? well, I, I, that's interesting. And I think it would be also important to, to dive into. Uh, but to start, as we dive into that, uh, that nuance of a difference. Uh, um, when you were meditating, you said you'd you'd gone to retreats, and I find this interesting when I when I talk to uh, different individuals like yourself, who I love and am inspired by, because I also have that passion and have practice and gone to retreats with meditation. And in meditation, you learn to go. You learn like the root of the word meditation comes from med meditar, which means to become familiar with. And so in that time, when you've been practicing meditation, gone to the retreats, you, it's, it's part of the practice to get to, you know, who am I to get past the different external things. So you knew you were Jewish, that never came up to like, to kind of like struggle with internally, like, what does this mean to me? What is if I'm if it's just a re religion, then, you know, I could get past it, like all that kind of in internal um, struggle for i think it was because of the meditating and getting uh, in touch with my essence that i ended up having clarity that i had to go to israel uh, meaning i had to explore it the, the world i was in in sydney wasn't enough to give me the answers they didn't yeah. know my, all my friends were not jewish and they were super supportive yes you've got to go and explore your roots and <laughs> but mm. i think it was the meditation inside myself that gave me that courage and that clarity to say i need to walk out of a out of the today show and go mm. to israel like literally that moment. I mean, I don't know if I would have been strong enough otherwise if I'd relied yeah. on society and like the norm. Um, because it was so radical to so do that 30 years of age is one thing to do it at 20, 21. Yeah. But once you're already established as an adult somewhere and you've got a career built, 
it was risky. I didn't know how long I'd go for. So at first I was just going for a couple of months to check yeah. it out. And after a couple of months, I realized this is really something I've got to, I've got to explore more, more seriously. It also was the best professional development I'd ever done as far as like being in Israel and learning because the wisdom there on every topic, happiness, personal growth, marriage, parenting, like anything, anything, there was such a wealth of wisdom there that I felt it was professional development also. Yeah, it's interesting. So it, it sounds like the a lot of your the work with meditation is really what kind of turned the volume up on your on your soul and how to listen to it. Yes, exactly. It yeah. definitely gets you in touch with your soul yeah. and the higher your higher self, your higher wisdom, your clarity, and being able to listen to that. I think yes. some, we always have that, but we don't listen to it. We don't tune in. Yeah. And meditation quietens down all the static so that you can hear it, hear yeah. that voice. And um, I and I was so grateful that I practiced it every day because it helped with so many other things in Judaism later. Um, and it, it's just it's just like an anchor internally, you know, that you can come back and use it as a as a, a source of of clarity. People don't realize the clarity is within, and it's not from other people and opinions yeah. and society. And as you know, I'm sure. Um, so that's what that was. That was the impetus to start Olami Connect, which was a meditation program especially during COVID because so many people were thrown off their center and so many people yeah. were stressed out and, ha and still are sometimes, um, although we're used to it, we're a bit more adapted to it now, but that I felt meditation was a tool that I wanted to give other people the opportunity to find that peace within as well. Cheers. So, cheers to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, well, then I, I, I found it interesting just before that uh, topic or question I just asked, you're diving a little bit of a nuance of prayer or a difference between nuance and uh, between meditation and prayer. Could, could we dive a little bit uh, more into that? Sure. I mean, it, listen, these words are very broad, so people yeah. could use them interchangeably and different in a different way. And that's all fine. Mm -hmm. I guess I just see prayer as particularly um, there's formal prayer and informal prayer. So formal prayer is through any kind of traditional prayers that have been uh, composed by the Kabbalists who had access to prophecy. So yeah. all the formal prayers in the Siddur are, are formal prayers and they're, they're structured and they're about specifically prayer is about connecting to God. It's about a relationship with God. So it, already once you start talking about a relationship with something else other than you, it, there, there's you and there's the other, right? And you're having a relationship. So that's a different, it's a different, it's you're connecting in that way. And meditation um, can be used for that, meaning, of course, you can be in meditation and talk to God informally, right, mm -hmm. in your own way. That actually we call his bodidus, mm -hmm. which is a type of Jewish meditation, unstructured, informal, just talking to God. And you get through layers and layers and layers of yourself by doing that. In fact, his bodidus comes from the root boded, which means isolation, which is what they call in quarantine in Israel. And the irony is it's the root of meditation that Hashem wants you to isolate with Hashem, but not feel alone, feel connected. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the key difference is internally how do I be alone but be connected and not be alone and lonely, mm. and that's the key the key difference. But but otherwise meditation is used also to just get clarity on yourself, like just come back to your true self, come back to your higher self, um, sit in alignment with yourself, um, tune in if you want answers and you're not sure and you just want to get clarity within your own thinking and your own yes. heart. And so meditation can be used in a broader way where it's not about relationship per se. It's about relationship to yourself, but not necessarily relationship to God. Um, and so, um, you know, there's many different techniques within meditation of, you know, just observing the body, the breath, observe, having that observing. So it's getting in touch with the soul, which is the observer and being able to be aware of the soul, the more nuanced, subtle levels within us mm -hmm. to be able to be conscious of those things. You have to quieten the rest of you down. So meditation is often used for that. It's often used for relaxation and other just physical, emotional benefits, right? stress reduction all that stuff um so meditation is a broad term and then when you bring that level of kind of presence and consciousness to maybe what you're doing in life actions that that that's what we call mindfulness yeah so when we, when we take that consciousness into action in my day-to-day -day, whether i'm walking i'm eating i'm focusing on someone that's being mindful and yeah. bringing that meditative consciousness into something else is mindfulness so that's how i sort of see the three interesting and um prayer i guess I guess I see more aligned with formal prayer, but that's my, because it's why the way I do it. Although I talk to God a lot all through the day and that's also, yes. so, but it's not meditation. I'm just chatting to God, right? I'm having a constant relationship when I'm awake and doing stuff as opposed yeah. to a meditative state. It's the, the mindfulness. It, it, uh, I like when you, you were saying, you know, it, it's taking 
the connection that we can establish with our eyes closed and then now with our doing it with yeah. our eyes open throughout the day that's the challenge yeah. yes the um uh, i wanted to ask um do you think then the meditation you were saying is a little bit more like with with working on oneself you know refining oneself that then it's used as a way to then come to the relationship like with Hashem, with God, once prayer is in, in, to improve that because it, it, um, like if you just go into the prayer, like into the date, you know, it's like a date with the divine and you haven't like first kind of, you know, work through maybe whatever kind of emotional things or whatever you're experiencing that morning, then the prayer might not be as, you know, present might not be as right um, so yeah. You, yeah so do you you how do you use the your meditation um as a way to kind of set an intention or prepare oneself before getting into the prayer that's how it was traditionally used in yeah. judaism as you know probably you know the hasidim used to meditate a whole hour before prayer to get into the right headspace to connect I don't usually do it that way just because I don't have time and it's not my priority right now, but I will fluctuate between prayer and meditation as I need it. Mm. Um, but the ideal is I, when I've done it many times, I, it, it really does enhance and exacerbate your connection, right? So like as you're more settled and, and calm and clear and centered in yourself, then you bring much more of that presence to the relationship with anyone even. Even if you meditate before you go out on a date or meditate before you go out with a friend, you're going to be more present. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You feel the prayer much more because you are centered and quiet inside. And so, yes, it was used as a prep for preparation for prayer. And also they actually meditated an hour after prayer as well. Interestingly, the Hasidim. They had so, so much time. They were really focused. Yeah, on this all the time. Yeah. So that, yeah, even if you do it for, what I try and do is just stop and close my eyes, take a deep breath, come back to myself, sort of ground myself, um, feel, become aware of my whole body, quieten myself down, take a deep, few deep breaths, and then focus actually on the fact that there's a being that runs the world that really is involved in my personal life and loves me unconditionally. And how do I feel about that? That that's the source of all my goodness and blessing in my life. And then I step into prayer from even just those that even just that little focus of intention yes. can create to change the whole prayer, right? It doesn't have to be a whole long half hour meditation to do that. So just sometimes taking those a few moments before you talk to God, even in your own words, can it can radically change. It's just like taking a moment before you go in to meet someone. Yeah. Take a moment, you come back to yourself, you take a deep breath, you turn off your phone, you then go in and you're, and you're present, right? It's the same idea. So it's more about our presence, our ability to be present. Yeah. Do, do you practice any kind of, um, or do you, with your clients, um, the visualization aspect of it, because oh, as, as we've learned with epigenetics and uh, neuroplasticity, you can actually begin to lay down the, um, the, the, um, the, uh, what's it called? The networks as if yeah. a certain experience has already uh, happened. Right. And the buzzword for that today is manifesting, which yeah. uh, I don't use, use per se, because I don't like the term, which implies that we manifest everything. Whereas we know that God higher power manifests things. However, the reason why there is truth to it and it's powerful is because God does give us the power to co-create with him. And so we're co-creators and based on who we are and what we bring to the table, so to speak, with God as in a partnership. And am I an open vessel to be able to really receive whatever it is I want from Hashem, from God? So then that matters. And that's where people get blocked. So a lot of my course yeah. I do for singles and my coaching one-on-one -on -one I do, we do a lot of visualization at a deeper subconscious level, which is also known as hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So we do hypnosis and visualization, which is about creating those neural pathways to really, firstly, it brings up if there's any blocks. If I'm scared yeah. of something and then I imagine what it is I want, woof, it comes up in response to it. So you feel the fear straight away or you feel resistance or you feel mm -hmm. some resent you know pulled pushing back and then we can work through that and say well oh, that's interesting where's that from and um and yeah i do a lot of that work that works really powerful that's what sports psychologists do that right it's constantly visualizing the gold medal if yeah. there's an athlete and so we, we do that we we talk call it co-creating or manifesting and how do i become open to receive 
really what God wants to give me? Because God wants to give us what we want generally, unless yeah. it's going to really hurt us. And there's a famous line, right? We open our hand and Hashem wants to give us what we desire, what we want, which yeah. means I have to know what I want. I have to be able to see what I want. I have to be able to viscerally resonate mm. with the fact that I'm able to receive that. And so that's the focus of meditation with visualization is to get myself into a place where I really feel open, ready and resonant with receiving that whatever it is I want. Because yeah. often we'll say we want something, but deep down we don't feel worthy of it. Yeah. It reminds me of, it reminds me of, uh, I forgot what I have a sitter with me, but I, it would take me a while to look at it. But one of the per, uh, ethics of our father's chapters that says something to the effect of subdue your will to, to Hashem so he can subdue his will to you. Yes. And that's so, so I bring that up because I was once speaking with somebody and we're talking about manifestation, uh, co-creation. And I think no, I, it's, it's not really based on much evidence, um, but that in, in the Jewish community, we kind of struggle with that co-creation. And so the person brought up this, well, just Hashem, Hashem knows just what the best is for me. Like, why do I need to set an intention or create this, which has an element of truth to it, but it also seems like it came from a place of dismissiveness. Like, I don't want to take responsibility. So can, can you kind of dive into that, um, that partnership and how we actually do, you know, we can set, we can be clear on, you know, I want this. And this probably ties into very well with what you're doing with the dating coaching. You know, well, what kind of partner do you want to have? You know, what is he like? What is she like, et cetera? And creating that, that intention, because that's part of the, the, the co-creation, the power that, that was yeah. granted unto us. Yeah, so it's very clear in Pavis Lavava's duties of the heart that we are meant to be active with, with God. We are not meant to sit there passively and say, well, he's running the world, so I don't have to do anything. No, it says, in fact, no, the, 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 the vegetation did not come up in the land, in the, in, the, mm. in the ground until Adam actually prayed. So Hashem, God was waiting for Adam's input contribution to pray. The, the effort was spiritual effort here in this situation. He had to pray before rain came down and the vegetation came out. So the whole thing, you know, if God just wanted to run the world, he wouldn't have done that. He wants our, he wants our contribution. He wants our, our um, commitment and our partnership with him. And so our intention is everything. In fact, our, and he allows us that our intention, our, our, how we think and how we speak to ourselves literally creates our reality, which is where Disney stole from us the phrase abracadabra, right? Abracadabra is anibara, abara, and anibara, kadabra, as I speak. I create yeah. as I speak from Dibor. And so literally, I mean, I don't know if people realize that there's Aramaic in, in Disney, but it's literally that idea that I, I will literally create worlds as I speak. There's a lot of evidence in the Torah for this idea of manifesting. A fantastic book with a lot of sources in it is Sarah Yosef, Rabbi Vadia Yosef's daughter in Israel, wrote a book called It's All in Your Mind. And it, she's written literally two volumes of just sources of all this stuff, how you can basically wow. manifest. And it's a really, really amazingly so powerful. Yeah. And so um, even if you look at a lot of Tehillim Psalms, King David, We'll start with how, what you know, he's in some dire straits and he then pours out his heart to Hashem. He's in agony and angst. And then he already goes on to thank Hashem as if it's already happened. The salvation's already come as if I'm already there. So even King David is manifesting through the same prayer, going from the pain to imagining then the complete shift mm -hmm. and like letting himself be there already as if it's already happened, which is the one of the principles of manifesting is to act as if it's already come to you and then that resonates with you. So we see even King David doing that in Zehillam which is unbelievable. So there's, there's so much power to us that we don't realize, I think is what I'm realizing and what a lot of my clients realizing that, they, that we have so much power over our lives that we don't know. We don't even realize and we don't give ourselves that power. We give our power away to other people or other, other things or, other, or society to, to, to determine our happiness. And it's, um, it's really sad because we, have, we don't have to live like that. We can live in a very different way. And we have the capacity to radically change how we feel and how we think about ourselves and our lives. And, um, and we don't realize how we're keeping ourselves feeling bad, negative, right? By giving power to other voices that maybe influenced us as a child. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't need to keep those voices with us. Powerful. What do you think is the difference or the how to become aware of like <laughs> with that 
power, but like, where does it get lost or misunderstood, let's say in other traditions or spiritual practices that maybe they take it a step further, like, well, I am God. Like as the snake tried to, you know, um, the serpent tried to convince uh, Chava or not tried, but, you know, got her to do, do got them to sin um, because it, you know, tried to convince them that, you know, they are also all knowing kind of thing. So how does, how can we, how can somebody go into the, the, the practice knowing that, well, I have this power and like you were saying, we're a lot more powerful than we think, but also um, have that, you know, no, knowing that, you know, where, where's the, 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 the Jewish part of it and like the, the let's kosher practicing without it getting, um, you know, lost per se. So it's always about humility, right? Yeah. Which is what we see is a lack of sometimes in the broader world. Um, you know, it, it's uh, when we think we're God, there was a lot of theories that sort of floated around for a while, became very popular about this manifesting thing a while mm -hmm. back. And I couldn't even watch it because it was so arrogant. There was an yeah. arrogance to it. And so it's no one's fault because people just don't know that they don't build their relationship with a higher power. They don't know that there is one necessarily, or if they do, it's like a very vague idea and they don't spend time building it. So it's not real to them. And so, you know, in general, the natural world, we feel that I do something, it's cause, and then there's an effect, cause and effect, right? Whereas we know, if you believe in higher power, that that's no, there's no cause and effect. The whole thing is a system set up by God and really God's doing everything. So, um, so there's a system of cause and effect that's sort of set in motion, but at any time God's, you know, God is creating and recreating that system at all, at all times. Mm -hmm. So it's really about bringing in God consciousness. It's about bringing in that awareness that I am part of a bigger picture here. And I'm, a, I have, obviously I have power, but the, the reason I didn't like it was because what happens if you're trying to manifest something and it doesn't happen, you're going to yeah. feel like a failure. Oh, oh, it's my fault. No, no, no it's not your fault. It's that you were, you, there was a, a decision on high that was like, no, this is not the right time or it's not the right thing right now or whatever that is. And we shouldn't feel like a failure you know, because of that. So it's basically like understanding some of the truth in the world without having the whole picture. And I think that that's the, that's the challenge in life is that we'll, we'll hear elements of truth and mm -hmm. then it's twisted, right? Or it does, it's twisted because I don't have the whole context or I don't have the whole picture. So an example, a really good, easy example to understand about this, this idea. And when you don't have the whole picture, it can lead you into falsehood very quickly yeah. is, you know, there was a lot of, um, a lot of uh, phrases for women, like women's empowerment is if you've got it, flaunt it, right? Be confident about who you are, strut your stuff, you know, that kind of like work it, own it. Yeah, I'm great. I'm, I love myself, you know, and it sounds logical, all of that. But then when you look at what's actually happening, they're really treating themselves like sex objects or objects. And that's degrading. It's the opposite of empowerment. Right. So, so you get kind of confused. If you don't have another map that you can compare to, which the Torah is literally the word for map or instructions, um, then it's very confusing out there. It's, it is. I grew up with this too, thinking, oh, maybe I'm just not confident because I didn't want to flaunt it, you know, and, and I didn't understand why. And then later on, when I learned from more Jewish wisdom and, and the and ancient wisdom that I saw, oh no, there's an element here that's missing, which is the self-dignity that I don't mm -hmm. need to flaunt myself as just a physical body because I'm more than a body. And when I, when I see myself as more than a body and I'm a soul as well, then of course I want to be attractive, but I don't want to put myself right out there just to be attracting only with the body because that's limiting who I am. And that yeah. feels degrading, but I didn't have words for all that. Right. So, yeah. so it's not about judgment. It's just about understanding and understanding a bigger picture. If you have access to that bigger picture and being able to get that bigger picture out there. And it's hard because society puts such a pressure on to set certain norms that you want to align with those norms as well. And um, it can be challenging. But, uh, but I think that that's an example where you can go off track really quickly hmm. and end up doing things. And then you feel kind of just, you feel kind of gross after it, or you feel like, uh, that didn't work for me, but I don't know why. And you don't have the whole picture. So I think same too with manifesting, right? There's power, there's power there. It's truth. There's power there, but it's not the whole picture. The whole picture is God yeah. runs the show. There's a higher power. I have to know my place. I have humility. I, put my effort in and then I let go of the outcome because I'm not in mm -hmm. charge of the outcome. 
we get very controlling with the outcome and thinking that we're in control of the outcome rather than let go, let God, right? Nice Instagram yes. quote, be able to actually let go and let God come into my space and make things happen. God always does it better than I do, right? And to being able to surrender, the, the state of surrender is a very important practice that's very helpful with meditation also um, to just be able to let go, let go, let go. And I find that when I'm looking around the world today, um, I was just scheduled to have a significant medical procedure and literally the day before got COVID and the whole thing was pushed off. And so literally the whiplash of just like letting go, planning, letting go. And I see every people, well, a lot of friends of mine right now are planning trips to Israel. They don't know if they can get in. So they're planning another trip to LA to see if they can do that instead. And last minute, everyone's plans are changing. And yeah. there's this constant practice of letting go, letting go, letting go. Whatever yeah. you're attached to, let go. Attached, let go. Attached, let go. And I'm like, that's so interesting that, that that's the practice that we're all being forced to practice. Don't get too settled. Don't get too settled on and, and attached to what your plan is, to what your goal goals are. You know, if we want to go more macro and esoteric, I was having an epiphany the other day that what is that practice? Why are we all practicing that? And it says that when Mashiach comes for the Jewish people, eventually, at uh, by six thousand years, um, which is very which is, which is very soon. Um, we're going, to have, we're going to go to Israel, right? We're going to go, we're going to, if the Mashiach comes, well, the Jews will return to Israel. And that's going to be a very big practice of letting go, letting go of your life as you know it in America and just suddenly dropping everything and going to Israel. I was like, wow, we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to just let go and just go, right? That's, and so when it says that, you know, you should have a suitcase packed, we're waiting for Mashiach already by the door. It doesn't mean a physical suitcase. It means this right. mentality, the mindset. Are you willing to just go? That's beautiful. And so I thought, wow, maybe Hashem's actually training us all to just gent gently, very lovingly, just practice letting go, letting go, letting go, whatever plans, let go. Kids are home from school, let go. You're sick, let go. Things change, let go. Travel plans canceled, let go. Just let go, but practice that muscle. It's a muscle. And ironically, when you can do it more and more, you end up being more at peace in yourself, right? It's mm -hmm. less stress comes when we can't let go. Right. When we when we hold on and we, we're upset yeah. and we're frustrated because it needed to work out the way I, I wanted it to because I'm God and it should work yeah. out the way I wanted to. So then I get stressed. So if I can just let go and say, OK, there must be a bigger picture. This is, I got to yeah. get my head around this. And it's a little bit of an adjustment, but I'm, and I'm OK. I can do it. So then it's, it's I, I, these are my crazy thoughts. Don't you know, no, it's don't beautiful, though. I, I, I like the you were saying, like, we should have a suitcase ready. One and and I think it's also important distinction with with the letting go. It's not just uh, like like it it it's, it go, it ties in with what we were saying. Like it, you still have to be active. It's not a matter of like dismissive like letting go. Oh well, this happened. Like okay, or or that or that because we should have a suitcase ready that you know you just don't do anything because right. I think I even experienced this little myself like. Oh my gosh! Like Mashiach is about to be here. I why why would I do anything? Like, you know that almost it almost manifested as a as a um a hesitation or like a fear yeah. because it was like it was looking at that yearning or that expectation in a um in a in a negative way. So it, it's the well, let's beautiful. Let's make a distinction this, there. Let's yeah, make a distinction exactly, between submission yeah. and surrender. Exactly. Or passive, right? Yeah. Being passive and surrendered are very different states. Like being, like having the the suitcase or whatever. Like you can still be very like active, you know, teaching, having the clients, being in the being in the life, and then have that surrender to know that you know at any point, you know, it's time to go to Israel. You know, drop yes. it. Let's let's go. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I, I'd love to now transition into you were mentioning at the beginning how all your cumulative cumulative work has uh, begun to transform into you know, your, your own coaching practice now focusing on um, date, dating, I believe you're saying. Yeah. So what, what led, to, what was the impetus for that and to, to kind of be the language of which you're going to help, you're helping uh, individuals now is, is through dating per se. Helping people. Because yeah, I really saw there was a need that no one's really doing what I'm doing. I'm not just a dating coach. I help you to, I, I help you get ready to have a dating coach, meaning there's a lot of singles who are dating who are stuck and they're good people. They're not, they're not like they have a serious mental health problem. They're just stuck and they don't know how to clear themselves. They don't know how to open themselves up. They don't know how to work through their fears. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like, what do I do on a date and how do I 
I date, it's like, I'm scared of getting married or I, my, the marriage I saw wasn't what I want. And so there's part of me that's really scared of that. And so as we see a society, a society breaks down in general, and there's more and more dysfunction in the world and more and more pain. So people just have to know how to process that. So my passion is to teach people the tools to be able to have a higher level of EQ, emotional intelligence and SQ, I call it spiritual intelligence, mm. to be able to understand how it all works together, right? God, my soul, myself, my lower self, my higher self and my fears and how do I heal those fears and those wounds and break through the blocks and how do I manifest or co-create with Hashem the, what I actually want whilst dealing with any blocks that come up. And I really believe the average person can learn that for themselves and it helps you forever with everything. It's not just about dating. Yeah. So it's, I call it about dating because everyone has to be single and it's through that lens. But like I've got one-on-one -on -one clients that are married and I'll do that with them too um, about their own lives, about the kids or about whatever. But I felt that I was called to the dating thing because I dated for a long, 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 long time. <laughs> and I went through that hell myself. I went through the journey of being single and also all the nuances of the single world and the Jewish single worlds and the Jewish system. And I really understand the pain of a single going through that journey. And um, because of that, I felt, I even said to God, you know, if you get me married, I'll, I'll help singles at some point. Wow. And then it was, just became very clear. I did a class on a zoom called there's nothing wrong with you to singles. Mm -hmm. And because they, people feel like there's something wrong with them. Sometimes if they're not getting married, there's a feeling that there's something wrong with you. And um, there were 55 people on there. Many were crying. They turned off their videos because they wow. resonated so much. And I had 30 of the 55 contact me after for coaching saying, I, you know, you're so refreshing. That's and I realized I'm refreshing just because I've lived it. And um, often when you go through your own test in life, it's really God's way of also of bringing you as, as a potential solution and help and, and light in that area, the same area you went through, right? Because you understand it. And so I really felt that that was like a calling to come and, and do this. So I started. Yeah. And it's been, wow. been great, wow. meaningful. That's beautiful. It, it, that, it definitely even sounds refreshing. And I just love that word, by the way. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it, it seems like you're, it seems like you're really, I like how you said you're working on helping the person get ready before beginning to date. So it's almost like you're, you're working on their dating with, with God their personal relationship and with, with themselves and with, with themselves as well, because there's a lot of focus on God and a lot of focus on others in the Jewish world, but there's not as much focus on mm -hmm. you with yourself because it's considered, Oh no, I don't want to be selfish. But if you're not home with yourself, you're not even beginning a relationship with God or with the date. Yes. Like you can't, like so you I were really saying with Adam, God. Adam had to do the blessing. Like God's constantly raining down blessings, but we have to plow and plant the seed. Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. So, so this is that plowing of like, let me look within, let me go to myself, let me see if I've got holes or if I'm broken, if, if I have wounds, if I have to, you know, heal, heal something, if I have to work on something, I do that work with them first. And then, you know, it's interesting, like halfway through the group, a bunch of people will start having like amazing suggestions coming in of dates wow. and stuff out of nowhere. You know, it's, it's, we see the change. It's really great. Well, I, so I want to ask a little bit of, uh, about the dating then because um as someone like myself starting to date a little bit um we're we're learn we learn in the in the orthodox kind of way of dating the the dates should be very like um intellectual like you're lo you're looking for is this person a, can be a partner uh for life so how do you but also the intuition is, is, is a really strong part of it. So what, what advice do you, when you're going in, what, what advice or how do you help your clients once they're getting into the uh, dating? Like you can look at, you can look at different information, like intellectually, but sometimes there's something that's like, it's just with you, like about this person like how, how do you honor and, and, and look at all this different information when you're dating somebody? Well, the Jewish system is to always lead with the head first. So mm -hmm. the first is, is the checklist of getting clear, at least intellectually, what are your deal breakers? What are your non-negotiables? You know, if, if someone, if someone has this trait, I cannot even marry them at all. No, no matter what. So there should be like three of those. There should be three things that you know, without this, I can't marry them. I need these three things, you know, whatever. I think when mine was, you know, sensitive, accomplished, and you're a Shemayim, fear of God, like God awareness, mm -hmm. right? Like, so, um, so they were my three and that's, I got 
I got that and a lot more um, <laughs> in my husband. But uh, so, so starting intellectually understanding with a certain clarity, like the basics like that is important. Um, also, what kind of lifestyle you want, whether you want to be a life of, of like working for the Jewish people or whether you want to be more in business, you know, whether you want your husband more in learning, like there's a certain life, major lifestyle choices that I think you have to know yourself and know what, what, you're, what you're cut out for and what, what, what inspires you, what draws you, what, what's passionate. And so you listen to your heart for that as well. Um, and then once you meet the person, right, then, then there's the gut feeling and then the connection and all the chemistry and all that kicks in. But we don't even go out with someone unless they're in the ballpark. Yeah. That's what I like about the system. That's the positive of the system. There's a lot of other negatives. But the positive of the system is, yeah, you get clear on paper first, but paper is just paper. It doesn't mean anything. It just means you're in the ballpark. And then you have to go out and say, do we actually connect? Mm -hmm. uh, so my, 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 my rabbi used to say, if you find a guy with these four things, marry them. And I was like, what? And he said, they should have the central value should be Torah or being growth oriented, let's say. Mm. So that's a central value. They're a good, they have good character traits. So they're a mensch, like they're a nice, good guy. They're, you're physically attracted to each other. There's a chemistry. And you communicate well, you understand each other. And very simple. Mm. You find four of those things in one person, you should marry them. And I remember thinking I was really depressed at the time because I'd never met anyone with all four in one person. Either I was attracted to guys, but they didn't have the values I want, or the people with the values I want, I wasn't attracted to. And he says, of course, otherwise you would have married them. I was like, oh yeah. Like it was just so simple, <laughs> right? That, yeah. that, I don't know. I just like, I like simplicity because people can get very complex and very intense. But you have to you have to learn to trust yourself and no one else. No one else can tell you who to marry. No one else can, should push you over the over push yeah. you. If you're saying no inside and someone pushes you, um, which is different to working through fear. Right. Very mm -hmm. different. You, I've just seen so many people marry the wrong person or marry the person that they wish they hadn't married because they got pushed into it. They felt pushed into it. So, again, that's a problem of giving your power away to other people to make those decisions for you. You can no one can make that decision for you except yeah. you. That's beautiful. And I like how you mentioned having like main three. I didn't really have it with that intention, but I've always had that I that the person should be compassionate, we should have strong communication and uh, be very creative. Like those those key uh, important yeah. threes. But um, so how do you <laughs> one thing I think was interesting to me is um, how do you help somebody get to, let's say, a heart of the matter? Maybe they feel a feeling, but it's more like intuitive. If you're working with somebody who's, who's in, in tune on where their attraction, let's say they, they, they come to you and they say, I have a real attraction for this person, but it's not so much like a physical attraction. How do you help that person? How would you help the person get to the heart of the matter to see like, what their, let's say, internal, uh, what their neshama, their internal soul is kind of telling them about this other person. Like if it's such a, just a, an alluring kind of feeling or if it's um, something less deep. I don't know. It depends. That's a very vague question. It depends on a lot of situations. Like it depends on a, you know, the, the details I think would matter. And it depends on, like, does it, does, does it make sense? You know, like, what does, 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 the, does the match make sense? Logically, we'd have to go through the details, probably do some internal visualizations or connection internally, like what's attracting me, what's drawing me to this person, what is it I like about them? Yeah. Exploring the attraction, following the attraction internally, as yeah, far yeah. as like where, you know, where is it coming from and what's, what's drawing me and, and when else have I felt that feeling? What is it familiar to something mm -hmm. else in my life? Usually there's, if there's just a sort of like a random attraction, if it's not, you're saying it's not physical, so it's not lust or chemistry in that way of physical, so then we'll be curious about it. Well, so we always be curious about the, you know, feelings like that, like follow, following them to their root of like, well, where else have I felt this before? And sometimes asking that feeling of like, is there something about this person that feels familiar to me, right? That feels mm. familiar. When else have I felt that before? Or when have I yearned for that before? Or whatever it is. Um, but the first question would be, does it does the match make sense like does it make sense to go and date this person like intellectually because we want to lead with the head we don't want to lead with intuition intuitions intuitions part of the picture and informs us but sometimes intuition is very hard to get clarity on and so especially if there's other emotions if there's other emotions involved like fear or anxiety or worry or any of that you can't read your intuition clearly 
That's my rule of thumb with intuition. Really? Intuition is a very subtle, nuanced sense. Yes. And it's not a feeling, it's a sense. And so if we feel worried or scared about anything, it will mask the intuition. Yeah. You can't know for sure, just based only on intuition. It's easy to get it wrong. So you want to have intuition aligned with the heart, aligned with the head, and you want to get like a yes. So when I teach my clients about mm. decision-making, let's say, we do, do tune into themselves. I, get them, I teach them how to tune into themselves and then ask their head and their heart and their gut, three separate faculties with separate intelligences is this a yes or a no? And if it's a no, what would it need to get to a yes in that faculty? So does this, does this match logically make sense? Yeah. Does it make sense with the heart connection wise? And, does, and the gut is more about stability, security, safe. Do I feel stable, solid? And what would I need to feel that way if I don't? And is that possible here? And your inner wisdoms, if you're connected and you're quiet, it will give you the answer. Beautiful. When we, when we say we lead with the head, but not the heart, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear, but perhaps we can dive a little bit more, just a little, just a little on it. Um, because also we want to, we, the brain shouldn't be the master in a sense. It's the, the mind, which is the mind is a little bit, not a little, the mind is above the brain. The brain is just the, the, the vessel for the, the light, which is the, the mind. But when we've also learned like in um, Hasidic and, and Jewish um, work that really the seat of like the godly soul, as opposed to the animal soul is also like in the left part of the heart in within the heart itself. So is it more the, we, we, perhaps with going up with that information what does it mean the the mind should rule should lead the person i don't know i can't speak to all the Hasidus and, yeah. and how that all operates but we lead with the mind in this generation because i think unless you're quite advanced and know again have a certain level of self-mastery mm. we don't want to we don't we lead with the mind meaning it's got to make sense it's got to make logical sense first if it doesn't you're in trouble so people who lead with their heart Meaning, do I feel drawn? Am I, is there chemistry and connected? And I feel like, oh my gosh, there's such a connection. But intellectually or logically, this doesn't make any sense to go to be serious with this person or to marry this person, right? So then people get themselves into a lot of trouble. And that's where you see people get into long-term relationships that weren't going anywhere from the beginning. And they say, I knew from early on that it wasn't going to go anywhere. I just couldn't get out because already we were bonded at that point. It was so connected. It was too hard to get out, but they didn't date with their head. So they just dated with the heart. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, it's not yeah. good to do that. You can waste many, many good years of your life in the wrong relationship because it was too hard to get out. And I know many people who've done that. So I really recommend starting. Does this, does this person make sense to date before I get all involved emotionally and on a heart level? Yeah. Right. But if they do, then you have to have the heart involved. You can't make the decision from the head. The head is meant to be the captain of the ship, yeah. right? It, it's guiding and leading because the mind is the seat of the soul, mm. right? So this, it, it does come through that way. Um, I, I think so I was just trying to, th I was just, what was coming up is that there's different situations where in life, not necessarily in dating, where a choice to, or a, a decision to go somewhere to do something does seem illogical but you're you're like drawn to it and you just like have to transcend the mind and just do it and that like connect with like the the ratson the will and and make it it, it depends yeah, again it's, 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 we're doing broad brushstrokes so it depends what that mm. is you have to make sure that you're safe and you have to make sure you know um when you say it's illogical what does that mean well like here for an, ex an example would be um you to go on a trip let's say in in two days like you just get you just get a call and say um jackie here's an invitation to come to this uh, event and you have like illogically it's like okay well it's, it's so quick all this kind of stuff it doesn't seem likely it's expensive all, all these different factors but you have this like oh my god like i i just gotta be there i don't care what my mind is telling me like it couldn't work out this way or this way. I just, I have to make it happen. 
that would be like an example. Depends. Either yeah. that just could be a, a whim or a desire that's pulling you off track, or it could be something that's, you know, it's it's not, it might not be illogical if you look at, well, I have to be there because I really think I'm going to make some amazing connections that are going to lead me to X, Y, Z, whether it's my business or my coaching or mm. my dating or whatever. Um, that's not illogical. Then you always want to generally weigh it up. So, okay, it's expensive and last minute, but what's the real cost? Is it, is it that crazy? You know? So again, I would still weigh it up intellectually. Um, uh, it seems so illogical deeper, yeah, yeah. last minute because that's just because we've been told that we shouldn't do things spontaneously. But if it makes sense outside of that, then I, I wouldn't say it's an illogical decision, you know? So mm. I think we're quick to label. We're mm -hmm, quick to mm -hmm. label things. And um, we have to always do a way, we can always weigh up the pros and the cons, right? Yes. And, and say, well, maybe there's more pros here, even though it seems crazy to go last minute, there's still a more pros here for me to go. And I feel very drawn to go. And that's one of the, one of the factors is that you feel very drawn to go, right? Hashem yeah. wants us to use ourselves as a barometer uh, for, for helping to determine what we want to do in life. It, it, does it speak to me? Is, am I passionate about it? Does it inspire me or does it drain me? I have no interest, right? Those things count. They're not the whole picture, but they count a big time. That's beautiful. I, 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 it resonated with me when you said uh, it actually, that pull might actually be the more logical. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, Jackie, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure. It, as you said, the people listening on your the Zoom event that you had, it, it is very refreshing to, to speak with you. Nice to see you again uh, after it's been months since we last uh, spoke yeah. about Olami. So uh, I wish you the, the best in, in, with all that you're doing with helping individuals. And uh, it really is such a, a pleasure and, and a joy to, to speak with you and to learn from you. Thank you. If people want to contact me, they can just DM me on Instagram, uh, Jackie Glazer Official. Yeah. and um, be in touch what about uh, your website and uh and olami are, are the courses still available how else can people me, not necessarily right now but um but they can go to jackieblazer.com or dming me on instagram is probably the quickest way to get directly and to, to be in touch with me but awesome yeah thank you very much thank you so much and to you you should have only blessing and spreading the good light of wisdom and Torah, Judaism, and personal growth in the world. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out SolomonEzra.com. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can si also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.